Hey, you guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. I know I had wanted to start a podcast for years and I just didn't know how to get started. Anchor made it so simple by giving me all the tools to record, edit, and even distribute my podcast across listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The demon is standing next to my bed saying my name in the most scariest, nastiest, ugliest voice I've ever heard. And I eventually I call out to Jesus and it was like a bomb went off. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the show. This is Raised and Redeemed with your host, Michaela Nikolenko. So today I have on Tatum, aka the Hill Country Honey, and she writes a blog on traditional feminine homemaking and country living. So today we're going into her story from growing up Mormon to finding herself in a godless household and then seeking meaning and falling into new age practices. This is then where she experienced the demonic firsthand and realized that she had to be covered in the blood of Jesus in order to be protected against it. So if you are more spook prone, this may not be the conversation for you, but if you've seen the dark side and you're looking for a community who can relate, stay tuned. Okay, so just to start, I love your brand name so much. I think it's literally like the cutest thing ever. The Hill Country Honey. I I would love to hear how you got started with that. Like what inspired this brand? So I live in the Texas Hill Country and I I prayed for a long time. I've had it on my heart for years to kind of start some kind of online brand. And so it just kind of one day just like popped up and it definitely was from God. Like it just clicked. Everything just started trickling together after that. So just living in the hill country. And um, also, I remember reading that at some point in the Bible, they fled to the hill country. Oh, and wow. since I'm talking about kind of like living a slow, simple life, I was like, oh, well, it, obviously not the hill, Texas hill country, but <laughs> right, right. I didn't even know that was a place. It's a bunch of little small towns, basically. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. that where you grew up? Yes. So I'm a local. So you're yeah. still close to all of your family and everybody? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so nice. My whole family's in Indiana and I miss them all the time. And, you know, I'm inspired by what you're doing and, and the message that you share on Instagram. Um, specifically, like, you know, it's like women that value family, you know, mm-hmm. you value family and you talk a lot about like traditional living and being a homemaker, but you can also do things and pursue pursue passions on the side too. So what all do you plan to do with this? Because I know right now the website, when you go to it, it's it's a newsletter and then it's going to be a website where you're going to have the blog. So I say my homemaking 
blog is kind of like it's a faith-based homemaking blog. I see living like a slow, simple, family-oriented lifestyle as kind of what like the lifestyle God has kind of led me to um, since I became a Christian. And we'll get into the craziness before. Um, And so I definitely see how like my calling to raise up the next generation and kind of breaking generational hurt and generational issues that like being that person to heal those things for my family and be able to like create healthy generations that know the Lord because I didn't grow up in that environment. Are you ready to dive into that? I guess so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. Okay. So I was born into a Mormon family. My mom's parents were very big in the Mormon church and my dad was baptized Mormon. And I have a big family. We, I grew up with always six siblings in the house. Oh, wow. And, yeah. Lots of kiddos. And <laughs> whenever my parents got a divorce around the time that I was eight years old, it kind of like, there was just a lot of like godlessness. Mm. Um, and so I was just kind of, I kind of had some Mormon things that was, were taught to me whenever I was younger, but I always kind of rejected it. Like mm-hmm. I, I, God, but I had some things happen where like, for some reason, I just didn't feel comfortable going to church. I would run away. This is so mean. I would run away and hide from like the Mormon kids from church. They would always want to like, and I'd like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) And so it kind of like didn't sit well with me even as a child. And so then whenever there was like nothing, I'm, you know, I'm eight years old that I kind of am depending on my family to kind of lead me spiritually and morally and things like that, that there wasn't really a lot of it. Whenever my parents split, I was put into some abusive situations emotionally, psychological abuse. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with like uh, narcissistic abuse. Oh, yeah. 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 Like a parent figure or. Yes. So from it was um, like my my primary caretaker, basically. So having that kind of abusive situation led me into my teen years, where I started looking for something outside of just like, this void of godlessness, I started pursuing something. And, you know, I grew up in a Christian community, everyone kind of knew went to church did that thing. This girl, I'm still friends with her. She's one of my best friends to this day. She told me she's like, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. She was like, the Jesus freak. We all need at least one of those in our friend group as a as a young person. Yes. Yeah. And so because going through like this, um, like, divorce, and then this emotional neglect and abuse at home, mm-hmm. I saw, well, I don't feel loved. Like, I don't even know, like, what does that mean? I've, I've, even whenever my parents were together, I always kind of had this void that I felt like I'm nobody loves me. <laughs> like, why doesn't yeah. anybody? Yeah. And so when she was telling me Jesus loves me. I thought I should look into this Jesus guy. <laughs> I briefly heard about him in church as whenever I was really young, mm-hmm. but now I'm older, let's look into it. So I started going to little church groups and getting involved in that way. And I felt like such an outsider. Like I, I didn't really fit in. I didn't understand how to flip through the, the Bible. I didn't know everyone's like, turn to this page. I was like, well, wow. <laughs> yeah. And like, I thought that when I walked into a church, I was going to burn up and I'm just a kid. Like, why did I think that? Yeah. I don't know. I thought I'm bad. Like I don't deserve love. Basically, whenever I got, I was about 13, 14 years old. I, things at home got really bad and I fell into like a pretty dark, depressed time. 
And I kind of turned my back on God because I didn't know enough. I didn't have like relationship with him. I kind of was trying, but like it, mm-hmm. not, it didn't really click. And I still yeah. felt rejected and unloved. And so I kind of turned my back on pursuing Christianity even more because I just, it, the feeling wasn't there, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you hadn't like experienced it. Like you hadn't experienced Jesus yet, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And which it's weird because I, I remember around this time, I had like a really profound dreams and hopefully we can get into like the dreams and sweet pearls stuff and stuff. But I was like praying to God about this boy that I was dating, like wanted to date. And he was kind of like a bad, a bad kid, like always got in trouble. I had a bad reputation. So I remember praying to God about if I should date this guy. And I had a really profound dream that was it like revealed to me that he's a bad guy. Don't date oh. him. And yeah. And I ignored it. <laughs> of like, course, oh. naturally. Right, I ignored it, and then I ended up having a very traumatic dating relationship briefly with this guy. And so I did have like that was like the one thing I remember of having like a God moment where I prayed to God, and literally He answered it in a dream, and then wow, just really ignored it. <laughs> oh my gosh, we all do that all the time, and we don't realize it until it's like years later, and it's like, oh my gosh, that's what you were trying to tell me. Uh, <laughs> right. If only I had to listen then, and I wouldn't have had to go through this, this, and that. But no, like we just have to learn the hard way sometimes. Right. Hindsight is the best tool. (laughs) Yeah. The best teacher. Yes. And so, okay, I turned my back on God because I was like, you know what? If I feel so sad and depressed and lonely, I don't feel like Jesus loves me. So therefore, I must not be loved. Turned my back on it. And I started getting heavily into new age practices. Mm. Um, So, you know, a lot of the manifesting, lucid dreaming, the astral projection. I got into veganism because I wanted to like open my third eye. Uh uh Okay. So you were in pretty deep then. So yeah, full blown. (laughs) Yeah. Full blown. And for the next like seven, five, I don't remember five to seven years of my life from the time I was like 13, 14, um, to my early adulthood, I pursued new age practices to where I was working at kind of like a new age spiritual center where they Mm -hmm. had like they sold like books and stuff but then they did class and meditations and they had different kinds of practitioners that would do like mediumship and tarot card readings and all that stuff so I'm over here thinking I want to be a tarot card reader I want to have I want to evolve from like just working at the store to being one of the spiritual yeah. readers yeah opening my third eye being so <laughs> woke <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh I did the same thing so I know exactly what you're talking about yeah and that even though I, I really still, I had this good and evil idea. Like I knew there was bad, bad stuff. I knew there was good stuff, but for some reason I just kind of ignored the bad stuff. Like I just was like only love and light, only love and light. Like I'm not even going to look at the bad stuff, even though I'm working at a store that literally is like selling witchcraft. Like, right. But when you're (laughs) in it, you don't realize that it's bad. Like that's, for me, I thought it was all love and light too. But at that time, I didn't believe the devil was even real. I thought it was like, I thought it was like an outdated fear construct, like, you know, mm-hmm. perspective of the mind. You know, I thought it was like all some metaphor. I didn't, well, at that time, because when you don't believe God is a person, you don't believe he's Jesus Christ. You don't believe that the devil's a person either, you know? So it's like a whole like impersonal, like illusory state of being where it's like, you know, there's, 
I don't even know if I believed that there was a dark side when I was in new age. I think I just, yeah, I thought everything was love and light too until I saw it, until I saw the dark side and I was like, oh crap. So if that's all real, then everything else must be real too. I relate to that where I, well, so I did know as I started working, like I was surrounded by this community of people who believed not the same thing because nobody really believes the same thing at all because there's Mm. no like concept of truth. It's like, everything's my truth. Everything's your truth. Like you want to believe, you like make your own little belief system up. And it's kind of like a very egocentric um, way of thinking. Like you believe in the universe, but you think the like, I thought back then God was the universe, mm-hmm. and that the universe was to serve me, to give me all my wants and desires. And yeah. I, there was a truth, truth, not really, to the like manifesting and things. Like I would manifest stuff, or I would have tarot card readings that I would do, and they would be accurate. Yeah, like stuff would happen, but it was all I feel like to manipulate me exactly. more the going down the rabbit hole yeah they're still spirit beings so they can still perform you know some miracles here and there but it's yeah it's not it's not god right like all in the bible too you see these like psychics and people that performed miracles but they were of of the devils you know they were the devil's people and so like it's like they it's like they have some limited power and knowledge and ability. And so they can tell us things that are still maybe like there's a little bit of truth to it, but that's what makes it believable, like you said. But it's not mm-hmm. the full truth. Right. It's it's like counterfeit. It's counterfeit truth. Yeah, just twist it a little bit. Yeah. And that that led me to make I would do like readings all the time because I was trying to be a reader and I would like journal about it. And so it's really interesting to look back on those things and think like oh my goodness, if I would have kept pursuing this, my, like, I would have gone down even darker path than what I was uh-huh. already on. Oh, I trusted those cards for relationships. I trusted it for job decisions. I trusted it for moves in my life. Like, literally. Same right. Thing. And then now it's funny because those, like, gone, completely never dealing with those again. And it's like having faith in God and trusting in the direction for that he's giving us for our life is just so much better than anything that I could have ever imagined or journaled about back then. Okay, but Tatum, how did you come out of this? Oh, okay, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so after getting super heavily into it, somebody invited me to go to church. And I, I was a like anti-Christian at this point, like all other religions except Christianity. But eventually I started warming up to the idea of going to church. And so someone invited me and I started going and I was like, well, I can be open-minded. And if I'm going to listen to like all these other deities, like mm-hmm. all these religions, I can give Christianity, like I can just manipulate Christianity to fit my own little yeah. belief system. Like I do everything else. So I started going to church and um, nothing clicked instantly, but it was just kind of like, oh, this is fun. Like, I like going. And um, I was working at the store and a lot of weird spiritual things started happening. Spiritual attack started taking place. Looking back, I know. And I wasn't even like, at this point, I still was in the new age stuff. But one time we got a new employee. I was training them to work at the new age store. And on my way home, I almost died like in a car accident, I didn't, but almost it was like, weird, like I lost control of my vehicle that never happened before. 
I was just sitting there like, what the heck happened? And then the next day I was supposed to come into work and I had extreme illness and extreme pain that I literally thought my appendix just burst. Like I'm about to die. And then instantly after I called in, I was like, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it into the store today. As soon as I hung up, the pain went away. I was like, that's weird. So then people, that's whenever they started telling me like, oh yeah, you need to protect yourself from evil that people are putting on you. So they were like, this new employee is jealous of you. She's giving you the evil eye curse. Like she, so I was like, okay, like people are cursing me. Like what? Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. I kept going to church and more like weird things started happening. I had, I was doing tarot card readings. I saw it, demonic black orbs. It's weird. Cause I don't know how much detail to get into to some tell of this. Me. Like, no, <laughs> tell me. <laughs> I was doing a tarot card reading shortly and it's weird because there's like a blend of like I'm going to church but I'm still heavily in the new age right and I was doing a card reading and I'm trying to open my third eye and become a reader I'm doing a reading for my friend this guy comes in with an eye patch on into our we were having a party and like a lot of people would just come over like people I didn't know I had roommates they would invite random people over mm-hmm. so this guy I'm doing a tarot card reading for my friend with an eye patch on the eye patch was fake too. That's another thing is that it was like, oh, he has an eye patch. Like something's wrong with his eye. That's okay. But I kind of, it makes me laugh because it was a fake eye patch yeah. in the middle. Like switched it to the other eye. And I was like, <laughs> it was for the look. Yeah. So he comes in and I'm giving my card, a fr- um, my friend a tarot card reading. And he's like, oh, this is so cool. I want a tarot card reading. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, sir, you're killing the vibe, you know? Yeah. And- yeah. I'm reading the cards and they're not my, I know my friend's life. I know we're doing like little relationship reading and the cards were like super duper dark. And I was like, Ooh girl, these cards aren't yours. Um, and she goes, yeah, these aren't my cards. What the heck? She's all dramatic about it. Uh-huh. And, are those my cards? And I was like, yeah, they're your cards. And I was just like in shock. I was like, I'm so spiritually woke. I knew that they were his cards when he came in the room. I was like bragging about it. He was just going through a dark time. He was very mysterious. Like I patch says it all. It's mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> afterwards we're cleaning up the house me and my roommates are cleaning and um I was telling them about this reading that oh I'm so enlightened listen to this um right. and as I bring up the guy with the eye patch we hear banging like someone's breaking into our house and we're like whoa what is that we turn off all the lights we're like hiding it's late at night after a party and so my room is like I got a gun I'm gonna walk out there with a gun and go see if there's someone out there and there was like a balcony where I could look down and see them looking around outside. And as they go outside and they're looking, I see this big black orb like manifest above where we heard the noises and fly down and fly behind us into my what? room. <gasps> yeah. Like, this is a not a person breaking in. We got something. <laughs> my goodness. No gun is going to do anything at that rate, you know? Right. And so I did, you know, what all new age practices say to do bring out the sage and the crystals and like throwing that around the house cleansing it and Mm -hmm. after that for weeks um we had this weird noises would happen in the closet we had things fall down just like a little spooky closet action for some reason yeah 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 turns out that the guy with the eye patch he had taken off his he had a shirt on over his clothes and he left it in the room with the spooky closet and okay. the spooky closet the whole time it was like weird once we got rid of the shirt all the spooky activity stopped in the closet you know i believe that because when i was first you know coming out of the new age i had these statues everywhere i had medusa i had 
Egyptian statues. I had all these things. And like, I remember I went to the, at this time I wasn't a Christian. I was, you know, I was super anti-Christ too, but I was getting really serious about my protection because you see something crazy like that black orb and you're like, all right, like I got to do something. So I was trying everything, you know, to protect myself too. I went to the Catholic church. I got holy water. I'm sprinkling it everywhere. I'm doing all these things. And I still felt so creepy in my apartment. And then that's when I knew I needed to throw away everything. I needed to throw away the tarot cards, throw away the Medusa statue, because these, these objects, they really do like carry spirits with them. I feel like. Mm -hmm. So did you throw everything away before you gave your life to Christ? It was all like, I can't even remember. It was all intermixed. It all happened really fast because I saw like the biggest, darkest, scariest demon I'd ever seen. And I was just so terrified. And at that time, like I wasn't a believer in Jesus yet, but I prayed to Jesus that night because I was so, that was the first time I prayed in two years. It's just crazy, like your instinct. And so I prayed that night. And then after that, I was like studying all the different religious and historical perspectives on good and evil. You know, I just kept going back and forth, like, you know, how do you, how do you protect yourself from evil and all these things? And it was like, at the same time, at the same time, like Jesus was really pursuing me. Like I wasn't even trying to, I don't know if you can relate to that. Like I wasn't trying to pursue him because it was honestly like when you're like such an enlightened one and you're a tarot reader and this is your brand, like, I don't want to go fall in love with Jesus and that's going to mess up everything that I'm doing, you know? So yeah, I had a really hard time with all of that, but he showed me more and more that he was real. I had dreams. I had all these things. I went to church and like the Holy Spirit just like began to convince me that it was all real and it was all true. So I feel like it was right around that time because I think like you were explaining, like I would go to church with my friend Tammy um, because I told her what happened and she was the only Christian I knew in Arizona. And she was like, come to church with me. And so I started going. And so I think like God was moving in me before I even really knew what was happening. I think it was right around the time because I didn't get baptized until maybe six months later after I like gave my my heart to Christ. I got baptized later. So I think it was in the same amount of time when I was like, okay, everything, everything needs to go like this old life gone. And I bought a cross. I remember going to TJ Maxx and I bought a cross because as a little girl, when I would see scary things, I would, I remember my mom told me you can cast it out in the name of Jesus. And she gave me a cross then. So not to go, I feel like I keep going on tangents, but yeah, right no. around the same time, it was all intermixed. So I have a similar thing where it's kind of like, it's all intermixed in a little blurry at times where I'm like, when right. did this, how did this happen? This all ties together, even with what you just said. So um, I felt like God was pursuing me looking back. I started going to church. I had um, a friend reach out and be like, Hey, want to have lunch? And she was kind of like an older woman. She was one of my friend's moms and she wanted to have lunch with me. And she started talking to me about Jesus. And I was like, Jesus, like, uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. all like, but I was respectful because she was older and I listened to her. And then it's funny because now like I do Bible studies with her and like, oh, full like, circle. yeah, full circle. But like there were little seeds being planted. And at the time yeah. I was just, oh, whatever. I'm still doing my new age stuff. But it's weird that I, a lot of stuff is kind of blurry. So how I got out of it was finally getting to that point. I had a severe, and it's weird because I don't remember exactly what it was, but around this time, um, whenever I had a 
nightmare of some sort. I don't know if it was sleep paralysis or a nightmare, but I woke up crying out to Jesus. Whatever it was scared me so bad. Mm. And I don't know why I don't remember it. Like, it seems like that would be something I would remember. I don't remember what it was, but whatever it was scared me so bad. I called out to Jesus and I was like, okay, I, oh, I called out to Jesus and that's what woke me up. So I, I must have been having sleep paralysis. Yeah. And so once I kind of realized like, is Jesus really who Jesus says mm. that is like, there was a lot of demonic attack and a lot of spiritual things. Like once I started going to church and the seeds started being planted, it was like the demons started rearing their ugly heads. They started showing yeah. me were like, Oh yeah. You think that you're, I, I thought I had spirit guides. So yes. it's like, spirit guides started being like, Oh, you're going to church. We don't like that. And they started getting like kind of more aggressive spiritually towards me. It seems like, so I called out to Jesus and then it wasn't an instant like transformation. I didn't actually like completely give my life to Christ until maybe a year later. Okay. But slowly I started like getting rid of the tarot cards. I had a really profound dream and this ties into kind of like the homemaking and the family oriented stuff. Yeah. Cause I was kind of like in a pretty modern dating relationship. I would just kind of date for, it was casual for me to date people. And around the time before, I don't know if it was before or after, around the time that I had this encounter with Jesus that led me to start pursuing him more and then eventually like fully giving my life to him, I had a dream that God pulled me out of my body. Jesus came and like pulled me out of my body and took me to heaven and introduced me to a bunch of little, it was a bunch of little orbs and they were my kids. <sighs> and I, I was like... <sighs> don't you come too soon? And they're like, we won't mom, we won't mom. And they're so, and they responded to me after that. I remember it like that was a profound dream. Cause then I started thinking like, wait, do I even, do I want to get married and have kids? That wasn't something I even thought about at like 18 years old. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I was like coming from a divorced family. I actually thought I would never want to get married and have Mm -hmm. kids. I thought I wanted to like just pursue a career, never get married, be an independent woman. Does it need a man? The culturally and, pushed message for women, yeah. Yeah, so I was I was in it. I believed that. I wanted to be a boss babe, don't need a man, not have kids. That kind of, I started questioning my relationship. Like I was like, do you see us ever getting married? And the guy I was dating at the time was like, no. Like, we're just going to date for like a year, and then we'll go our separate ways. And we did. That's what we did. And um, that's what kind of led me to start going down the path of looking into like, oh, like, I want a family, I want a home, like, without Mm -hmm. this dream, this profound dream that Jesus planted that led me to be more family oriented and actually like now be pursuing that. Like, that's like my main focus now is family. You know what I love about that story is what a gentleman Jesus is. Because when we're like that deep in you know, new age or just, you know, another belief system, whatever you're doing, like he knows that, well, he doesn't force us. Like you said, you didn't fully give your life to him until about a year later. What I love about that is like, he's just so, he's so gentle with us as we, as we learn him and as we figure out what's right and wrong. It's like, looking back, I was watching some of my old YouTube videos today, just kind of like, you know, going through it. I'm like, shit, is everything still appropriate that I have up here? And I was watching like baby Christian me who had just had this encounter with the demonic and then these encounters with Jesus. And I didn't know anything about anything. I was like, I'm following God now. Like I was a dancer. I was in the new age. Like I had this really bad relationship. I was like, I don't know anything about anything. I just know like I've got to figure out like 
what's good and what's bad and where I'm sinning and where I'm not. And I just know I need to like spend some time with God and in the Bible so that I, I know right from wrong. Mm-hmm. But even in that time, like he just, he loved me so, so purely and, and he didn't care that I wasn't perfect. He didn't care that it wasn't like, you know, I was this perfect little angel now like following him. Like he, he accepted, I think what I'm trying to say is like, he meets you where you're at mm-hmm. and just like grabs your hand and walks with you through it. And, and I feel like he like shows you, he gives you little glimpses of how what he has is better. And sometimes that's in dreams, like, like what you're explaining here. Mm -hmm. And that led me into that, like that gentleness that like him meeting me where I was at. And that's whenever I actually realized like, Jesus actually does love me. (laughs) I've, gone completely against him I've like rejected him and this whole time looking like looking back he was there leading me towards him it's crazy but he's so good but he really does love us unconditionally right without that was like the thing that's what I knew that he was he was God whenever I found out that wow he really does Jesus does love me my friend was right in seventh grade when she told me Jesus loves you (laughs) like had that moment like he does like that and that's whenever I gave my life to him once I had this epiphany around a year later after I started like pursuing yeah. it. okay so you said you're engaged now right so okay I say that I'm engaged because I have a promise ring okay. and we talk about getting officially engaged like any day now I'm just waiting patiently waiting I say he's my fiance because it's easier than explaining like it's not really my boyfriend it's in the awkward in between how did you like meet him slash convince him towards the homesteading life or did you happen to like meet somebody that was also in alignment with that okay we met at a party the whole truth is that I was in a very toxic relationship with one of his friends (laughs) before And, um, so after that ended, um, I really felt like, because I had that dream, um, that I, I, you know, I want to date for marriage now. I want to find my husband. And that led me into some super toxic, like dating situations. Um, some of the most like traumatic dating situations that I was in was after I had this dream and broke up with my boyfriend that said like, no, you're not, I'm not going to marry you one day. So I was like, okay, well. God planted this dream in my head. Like I need to start pursuing going towards that life. So I met him and there was like a gap in between us meeting where we kind of knew each other. Um, We'd see each other at parties, but nothing really came out of it. Um, I always just kind of saw, oh, he's like a friend. I would never date my, my ex, this guy that was just saying, I would never date one of his good friends. Like that's weird. I'm not trying to do that. Um, but, uh, one day we're at a party and we smooched at the party involved <laughs> in this party. So I would say in between the year that I, after I kind of started pursuing Jesus and I gave my life to Christ that year, it was like kind of like a lukewarm Christian kind of phase. Like I, I considered myself to be kind of a Christian. Uh-huh. Uh, and so he was kind of in the same boat okay. where we both were kind of just like culturally Christians at the time. Our lifestyles did not reflect that whatsoever. Like we were drinking the whole nine yards. And so that's how we met. And not, it's like the most not romantic 
way that we got together. Once I had it on my heart that I like wanted to be a wife and a mother, like I wanted to get married, like within six months, I was like, where's the ring, dude? And we were talking about it. Like he, he mentioned like, Oh, how do you feel about marriage? Like, do you want to get married? So we've been talking about marriage since very, very early on in our relationship. Like, I feel like God has kind of put me through this experience of seeing everybody else like get engaged. It's kind of, it feels that way, at least like Mm -hmm. everyone else is engaged and having babies right now and I'm sitting here waiting also so this is controversial and I say this because I judge myself for this in a bad way that we live together and we are not married and I we tried to prevent this like when we started um dating 2020 happened and I was all scared like they're gonna block off the roads we're not gonna be able to see each other there's a lot of fear in like everyone so like why don't you just like stay with me for a little bit and so he's like okay so he stayed with me for a while. And then I was like, we can't live together. Like you need to get out. Like we, I don't want to live with anyone until we're married. Right. Even though we were like sexually, is this TMI to share? This podcast, it's like everything. I mean, everything yeah. goes, you know? Yeah. Okay, good. That's how I felt. But I was like, let me just double check. Yeah. So it, since we were lukewarm Christians and it was like, I wanted to wait until I was married again, like rededicate myself to waiting until marriage. Okay. A year hits. And I, I give my life to Christ. And that was like when I made the changes, like, okay, you need to, you need to go get your own place. Like we cannot be staying together anymore where let's, let's wait until we're married to like have sex, even though we've already done it. Yeah. And so that is something I don't hear a lot of people talk about. Yeah. I feel like that'd be so hard. I know that's a big reason my husband and I got married as quickly as we did. We got married two months after meeting each other. And for me, I feel like like I really struggled like in my BC life being sexually pure. That was probably my biggest, probably my biggest weakness. And so I feel like my husband knew and well, I knew too, in order to be like right before God and to feel like I could like really like live in my purpose and be in my purpose. Like that was going to be something that like tripped me up and tripped me up and tripped me up. So like us getting married really quick, definitely protected me in that because I know I would have I know I would have messed up mm-hmm. it uh it is a challenge especially so we didn't live together we I kicked him out like hey we can't stay together like <laughs> in a loving a loving kick out and he was he was yeah. all for it. very supportive of it like even though we were both lukewarm we were like yeah um he actually just dedicated his life like rededicated his life to Christ like last month Oh, wow. It's like, it, I knew I had this feeling that that would have to happen before we got engaged and got married, that he would, yeah. he would, you know, get out of that. When I mentioned I had like some kind of toxic home environment stuff growing mm-hmm. up. And so um, I was staying with my mom at the time and things kind of didn't go well. It was, it got unhealthy where I was basically like, well, where am I going to live now? I just kicked him out and he's mm-hmm. living somewhere now I don't know where to live. We ended up moving out. He had property already, which is weird. I, I've always thought that was weird because we're, you know, in our early 20s. Like, why does this man have property already? But okay. <laughs> That's a win. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was like, there was like an old house out here that nobody lived in that was just like, it was just an old I don't even know how to describe it. Not the best living condition house to live in. Yeah, yeah was helping me move out of my my mom's house and he was like I was like this is a I mean we could stay here I, I didn't have anywhere to go so I was like can I just stay in this old crusty house out here and he was like yeah um 
well, let's like, let's figure things out. And so it wasn't for us to live together, but we did. And still being abstinent to this day, we, we bought a house to put on the property. So it's, it's just like a single wide, like mobile home, like nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, Manufactured home, whatever they call it these days. But so I thought he was going to propose to me very soon. And then we needed to move out of the old house. It was, you know, not really the best living condition. So he bought a whole house for us. And so I couldn't be mad that he didn't propose. And I, I do feel like there's been so many times that I've like, my, my faith has been strengthened through this experience because it's like, well, if I feel like I really wanted to get married and it seemed like everything was going to happen in my perfect timing, but it's reminded me to keep my faith in God's perfect timing. My, I don't know. I know nothing about what exactly exactly you posted about how um being in a toxic relationship and stopping having like premarital sex was showed the true colors of the relationship and for us it did the same thing like I there was a time we actually broke up for a, a moment because I thought I like we've been having sex and stuff I need to figure out who I am by my like separate from yeah. you like just get away from the sexual temptation and sexual like immorality that we've been practicing. Right. right. And, and see clearly. Mm-hmm. And he was supportive through the whole thing. 100%. He's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, Yeah, we probably should. I'm like, what? That sounds like something my future husband would say. People that I dated in the past um, kind of not care about like, oh, I want to wait. And it's like, oh, you want to wait? Good for you. That's cute. But we're not, you know, and right. they're still trying that way. And so that's something that I really respect in him is that he is willing to, wow. to yeah, do the work. So it revealed his true colors of like, wow, he's actually yeah. husband material. He's a good man. Like he wants to work with me and grow in our faith together. And that was important. One of the most important things in dating to that's find that good. out. That's so good. And that's one of the things like if you do get really or get married really quickly, like I did, for example, you do kind of miss out on the blessings that come in that waiting period with your spouse of like that faith strengthening. It's like, there's different blessings for each thing, you know, like my thing had its own blessings, but there's blessings in the the longer term, like waiting game too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, although it's been a struggle, it definitely, it like, I now, whenever I feel like oh, feeling sad or when I see somebody get engaged or get married, I'm like, oh, I want that so bad. It reminds me to go to God's word and like mm. trust in him that, like we said before, his, his timing is perfect over anything that yeah. we can imagine. Hey, you guys, if you're in a relationship and trying to figure out if he's the one, or maybe you're recently single and taking a step back to figure out how to best go about finding the one, I have the ebook for you. Head over to the link in my bio or in the comment section from wherever you're listening to find my latest ebook, How to Know If He's the One. In this ebook, I share the worst of my relational mistakes and how Jesus finally showed me there was a better way. Gradually, he began to mend my heart, and I know he will do the same for you too. If you were to go back and think about, like, you know, younger you, because that kind of determines who we're speaking to now with our message and with our brand, right? right. It's, like, it's like the path that we walked before. So I don't know if that's like, if that's like ex-New Agers, um, if that's women that want to be, it seems like your brand is like women that want to be homemakers, right? My blog is a little bit, um, it's still faith-based, but it's 
it's more um, of the lifestyle of creating like a family oriented lifestyle because I was pulled out of the new age modern beliefs that were kind of like natural just put on like I didn't nobody told me to do anything like this it was just by fitting in with the culture and doing what society was telling me to do that I naturally just fell into new ageism and also I don't know if this is if I can say this but like feminist strong feminist that were telling me like you don't need a man and don't respect men and all this stuff. That's so ingrained in our culture, for sure. I, yeah. I think that's a great idea. So if you could go back and tell yourself then any piece of advice, what would it be? My, okay, my new age. Um, like your lost girl self. Right. There's so many things that I would like to tell her. I actually, it's funny. I wrote a, I wrote this out somewhere. Like advice I'd give to myself at 18. I found it. Okay. Okay. So I was titling this letters to my younger self and I went up to 18. So, and there's short little, like one paragraph, one sentence for each thing. Yeah. So, oh, I started at 15 years old. Okay. Do we need to go that far back to teenagers? Let's do it. Okay. So my advice for myself at 15 years old was don't let fear stop you from always being kind and compassionate people are going to judge you anyway so you might as well come from a place of love Mm. 15 year old me 16 year old me no relationship will satisfy your deep longing to be loved known and treasured and fully accepted other than from god so that's whenever like i started dating and you know getting active and so it was like i was looking to fill this void of feeling unloved that only god can fill that void 17 years old just because something is common or popular doesn't mean it's right your worth is oh you're worth so much more than your social status grades body and mistakes and then the last one 18 years old lay down being so self-consumed in attempt to protect yourself it will hurt others and your ego will lead you to make more unwise decisions Mm. 18 years old I was very like that was at the peak of like new ageism thinking like oh I know everything like I have my my whole plan, everything, like, if I were to live my life, uh, my early adulthood life, how I thought it was going to go, it would be a mess. Is there anything else on your heart that you would want to share? I feel bad that we didn't get too much into the sleep paralysis. So I have 6% of battery on my phone. So let's see if we can, I'll, I'll add it in there, the sleep paralysis. It's kind of intertwined with whenever I was under spiritual attack, whenever I was kind of getting into Christianity, but still in the new age. Mm-hmm. And so what I realized was that I would have sleep paralysis that was like, it, it was like sexual sleep paralysis. I realized that I would weirdly get spiritual attack having premarital sex with people. Wow. And yeah. I realized that because I had sleep paralysis and I saw a demon in my room that was a half goat, half human, and it scared the living bejeebies out of me. And this is whenever I knew Jesus. So. I would call out to Jesus. That's how I like knew Jesus is real. Because every time I called out to him when I was scared, when I was under some kind of demonic attack or sleep paralysis, I would wake up and I would feel peace and like knew that, okay, I'm good. So when earlier about how having calling out to Jesus and like demons flee in the name of Jesus, they really do. Whenever we were sexually active, I had this weird sleep paralysis and I saw a goat legged man in my room. And I'm really scared. And this is like earlier on in our relationship where I'm thinking he's going to think I'm so weird to tell him this. And he said, oh, that's so weird because as a kid, I had a reoccurring nightmare about a goat man in my dreams. What? And that's when it clicked. And I started thinking like, 
after I would have sex with like my boyfriends at the time, I would have sleep paralysis. Mm. Started around the time that I started, like after I lost my virginity, I would start having sleep paralysis. I would be like different beings every time that would kind of freak me out. And so, yeah, isn't it crazy how I was saying this in one of my TikToks, like demons love like sex, like demons love sexual immorality. They are, they, I feel like it like feeds them energy. Yeah, there's, um, I've looked into it a little bit. There's these demons in like throughout history, they go by different names, but they literally do. They, they feed off your sexual energy whenever you have sleep paralysis and like, say you have like a sexual dream sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. So um, once I became abstinent, it's whenever that's whenever like the attacks got really bad. I was having severe sleep paralysis. I, I would call it to Jesus and it, but it was still scary. Like, yeah, before you realize what's going on. Um, so one of the most profound times is after we started being abstinent um, in my current relationship, I was having a dream that he was going to come pick me up for a date. And so I was getting ready for the date in the dream and I sat on my bed in the, in the dream and I laid down and in my dream, I couldn't wake up and he was coming to come pick me up for this date. Hmm. And I hear him come in my house and he's walking up the stairs. And now it's like reality and my dream are merged together where I'm laying in my bed sleeping. Actually, wow. I'm sleeping and I can't get up and I hear him come inside the house and he's like, Tatum, I'm here. Are you ready for the date? And I'm trying to wake up to tell him, like, I can't wake up. Help, I can't wake up. And I hear him coming up the stairs. And he's like, Tatum, Tatum. He's saying my name. And as he's getting closer and closer, the voice is getting darker and darker. Oh, my goodness. I realize I'm having sleep paralysis. That's not that's not my man coming upstairs. That is a demon. And I, I really felt like I had, like, this these sexual demons that would prey on me. And I hear it get closer and closer. And at this point I'm fighting like, and it takes me a while to call out to Jesus in these moments, like yeah. to realize one and become conscious and call out. Yeah. So I'm over here, wake up trying to open my eyes and I can't move my body. And the demon is standing next to my bed saying my name in the most scariest, nastiest, ugliest voice I've ever heard. And I eventually I call out to Jesus and it was like a bomb went off. It was I just saw a white light. My ears were physically ringing for like, as if, you know, the ringing noise after a bomb goes off yeah. and, up, and I felt so much peace and like that everything was taken care of. But that was like the scariest, like sleep paralysis situation that I ever had. And it was just funny because as soon as I became abstinent, it was like, this demon was like, Oh, you're abstinent now. Let me come try to like, ah. as my, basically my most recent sexual partner, trying to it was disguising itself as which is interesting like what if I would have had the dream because my sleep paralysis dreams are sexual attacks sexual demonic attacks yeah and like if it's like a demon trying to have sex with you in that realm yeah and I've, I've done a lot of research on it that that is a thing I relate the big scary demon that I saw in my ex-boyfriend like it, as his face is like warping and all these things and he's like looking over me, like I literally felt my woman area felt so unsafe. I felt like this demon was coming for for that, mm -hmm. you know. And I, and his boyfriend was coming from that. Like after I stopped having sex with him, I realized it was all flesh, and I was like, wow, like this demon is using him as a portal to have sex with me. Yeah, and I do really think like there's a reason why 
we're told to wait until marriage. And it's not because of like, yes. because like, this covers, he covers the marriage bed. He protects the marriage bed, right. everything else. Like if you're having sex outside of marriage, that bed is not protected. Right. And that's, it lets in those little, those feeble little creepy crawlies, the spiritual creepy crawlies that want yeah. to suck your energy basically. So Oof. I, yeah, I, and it's funny because at first, whenever like I became absent, and I would have like weird sexual dreams. I would be like, oh, that's because I'm absent. Like, I'm not used to being abstinent. Like, you know, I'm a sexual person. That's normal. Then once I started realizing that, oh, no, that's a demonic attack. That's when sleep paralysis, whenever I started resisting the sexual dreams, mm-hmm. turned into sleep paralysis. And there's been a handful of times that I've literally seen the demon like sitting in the room, just waiting for me to like let it basically like have me in that way. Yeah. Oh, it's gross. It sounds so weird. It sounds crazy. No, I but- get it, though. I get it and you get it. And I do think that there's people out there that get it too. A lot of people won't understand, but the people that do understand, like they need to hear us talk about this. Yeah. And literally calling out to Jesus is the only thing that has gotten no back in the new age stuff. Cause this happened in the new age stuff as well. No crystals, no little Mm. nothing. And I wonder whenever I had that profound experience, whenever, um, I woke up and I cried out to Jesus because I was so terrified. There's a chance it had something to do with a sleep paralysis demon like this preying on me because that was very common, especially as I started getting, it's like the more I started getting towards the light and the truth in Jesus, um, that's whenever like the darkness amped up and I started having more sleep paralysis and started actually seeing the the demons. And yeah, it's like when you're in it, they don't have to like threaten you like this. But then when you're not in it, and you're not playing in their ball ground anymore, they do like you see them like you see the spook in it. It's no longer like, oh, it's a spirit guide, this or that. No, you see it for its true colors. Mm-hmm. And the um, the sleep paralysis demons, I don't know if you've heard, I feel weird saying like the name of them. It's an incubus and a succubus and they happen to men and women. That's what I've I've heard of this actually. My dad even, he, so my dad's a truck driver. He's crazy. Like what? That's (laughs) crazy. Yeah. My dad is like a big sexual deviant. Like he's, he's bad, bad. Like it's terrible. And he had this dream when he was like out on the road that Well, and it wasn't even a dream. He said he woke up and he couldn't move. He was sleeping in the bed of the truck. He couldn't move. And somebody was holding him down. Like somebody was physically holding him down. And he says he like looks up and it's like a woman figure. Mm -hmm. And my dad, he's not super spiritual. He doesn't talk about spiritual stuff. But like he called me and like told me he's like, you know, this woman thing was like holding me down. And then he like was like fighting it and like gets up and he sees this like woman, like this woman being like leave his truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a ma- there's a male version that attacks women, and there's a female version that preys on men. Wow. So this is why people need to be abstinent before marriage because these right. things are out there and they're hunting us. Yes. Yeah, so they literally, and I don't know like what the purpose is. Like, are what did what is the what are they taking from you? Like, it's right. weird. Is it just the energy? I'm not really sure. Yeah. It's. But I definitely know that it's like a, I feel like a champion whenever I'm able to realize what's going on, call out this, and I, like, they have to flee. It's like, not this time. Can't get me. Like, 
Yeah, that's why God says stay vigilant. Mm -hmm. Stay vigilant. It sucks though. It's like even when you sleep, you got to stay vigilant even when you sleep. I know I actually had a bad dream last night and I know that I'm watching shows I should not be watching and it's creating, it's like all these little ways we open portals that we don't even think about because it's like, oh, like this is just, you know, a show everybody's watching it. Like it's fine. You know, it's just a dating show. No, my husband, like he was voicing that he had a problem with this show. And then I have like a really bad sexual dream last night. So it's crazy that we are talking about this. It wasn't like a demon or anything like this, but it was me doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And and I wake up and I was convicted because I'm opening these, I had opened these portals and watching these, these shows. And so it's, yeah, it's just like, we have to keep ourselves protected from all of that kind of stuff because they look for any way in. Right. And that's something like, as in, I, there's like a lot of things in like, I've seen online and talking about like being anti-purity culture, like purity culture is bad. Don't tell young women like to wait until marriage or, and it's kind of like, I sit there and I'm like, I actually, as an adult, after going through what society tells me is like, okay. And that I should do after going through that, like looking into like, how do I actually remain pure, not just sexually, but pure in like my whole life. Purity isn't just about like sexual purity. It's about just pursuing Christ, living a wholesome life. Um, but protecting ourselves from impure things, including like, I, I try to avoid like, vulgarity and like super raunchy shows and things it, I'm not perfect at it sometimes I'm watching a show and something happens yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I do that that does it like we're told to do that because it we are called to guard our hearts and minds like yes 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 exactly. it does little things do come in they really do. Let's close it. This conversation was so good. Yeah, I just had so much fun getting to talk to you about these things because like I said, I don't feel like many people are out there talking about these things because and then well, and then it reconditions the idea that like people that do experience this that we're crazy or something, but no, the more we talk about it, the more it becomes not normal, but like we don't have to feel crazy for having these experiences, you know? Talking about it lets you get rid of it yeah (laughs) yeah figure out how to get through it yeah how to how to fight these demons Mm -hmm. and like learning how other people are fighting these demons how other people are staying protected and guarded and protecting their hearts I love that I know people are going to want to find you so would you drop your your website your usernames all of that good stuff yes um so my website and my all my usernames are the hill country honey And then I also have traditionally Tatum on Instagram only. And that's for my specifically faith-based content. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you, Tatum. I I look forward to staying in contact and continuing to bounce ideas and stories off of you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me.